0: Hey friends, welcome back to The Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We're just trying to keep you guys up on the literature, and to do that, we are willing to spoon-feed it to you. Now, let's take a quick look ahead at everything that we'll be covering. First off, APRV is sometimes used for ARDS, but does the evidence support it? Then from the second article, blame it on the flu and don't give antibiotics. After that, taking out the big guns for hip reductions. Have you tried using a crane? Then from the fourth article, more things that don't improve antibiotic stewardship. And finally, liver lacerations might be another condition for the watch and wait list. Now, this is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you. By Seth Walsh-Blackmore, John Kerducky, Alex Clark, Chris Tome, Jason Lesnick, and Clay Smith. Okay, so we skip off to the second article. Titled, Influence of Rapid Influenza Diagnostic Testing on Clinical Decision-Making for Patients with Acute Respiratory Infection in Urgent Care. Out of the journal Clinical Infectious Diseases. Now, you might have heard about the fairly recent evidence that showed an association between viral testing panels in children and the actual increase in antibiotic use. Well, now, that can't be true in all cases, right? And so what about the flu? Surely testing for the flu at least would reduce the amount of antibiotics that we give. This trial was a matched pair analysis in a population that had rapid flu testing compared to another similar urgent care location that did not have rapid flu testing and found that more antibiotics were given if you didn't have access to rapid flu tests. Not just a small change either, it actually reduced by half, half the antibiotics. And that's just overall. If the patient actually tested positive for the flu, then the odds ratio of 0.15 for giving antibiotics. So way less antibiotics. Now, this also came with a three-fold higher odds ratio of giving antivirals like oseltamivir, especially if they tested positive for flu. Now, it's typically been kind of a mixed bag for flu testing in the emergency department. It's typically either rapid tests which most of the time have been pretty low accuracy or the you know the big long formal PCR tests that take much longer and might not even come back before the patient has left and they might have left with a you know maybe a just in case prescription for antibiotics. Now it's good to see that even low accuracy influenza testing can play a role in antibiotic stewardship. That said more modern tests are actually getting more and more accurate as certainly more accurate than the test that was used in this study. Now, all these tests are important to give physicians some more confidence in foregoing antibiotics. Though it should be noted that there was likely some industry influence in this article since it was funded by a company that makes rapid antigen tests, and several authors were employed by them. So take it all with a grain of salt, especially given how obviously positive this trial was, Uh, you know, you don't usually see something quite that significant. In a spoonful, rapid antigen testing for flu may decrease antibiotic prescribing, though the magnitude is likely less than seen in this industry-funded study. And then the third article titled, A New Technique for Reduction of a Posteriorly Dislocated Hip Joint out of the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. Alright, so we all know that a hip dislocation is an orthopedic emergency. Delay can result in irreversible ischemia. There's a whole catalog of different ways to reduce a hip. 90% of said hip dislocations are going to be posterior dislocations. Now, a while back, the Journal Feed actually made a YouTube video, which covered some of the most popular hip reduction techniques. This article would add yet another option, and probably an option least likely to dislocate your own hip in the process the article covers a yet undescribed method of posterior hip reduction using a hospital hydraulic lift the authors have a video of a successful use of this technique which we've linked to in the blog but in brief the patient is supine on a stretcher with their hips stabilized using either a belt or manually by applying posterior direction pressure on the anterior superior iliac spines then a knotted bed sheet is wrapped around the patient's knee and fixed to a hydraulic lift. Now by raising the lift, consistent and gradual longitudinal traction is applied to the leg until the hip is reduced. This is pretty great. I think that hydraulic lifts are fairly well stocked in hospitals since they're often used for bed transfers. And this means that you could actually do a single provider hip reduction without breaking your own back. That's good news. Now, the hip has some obviously very strong muscles in it. Most hip reduction methods rely on giving a mechanical advantage to the physician so that they can just tire out those hip muscles of the patient until you're able to reduce the hip. Now, I fear that using a machine that is legitimately stronger than the person's hip muscles, you might inadvertently rush the procedure and cause harm. So be careful if you're gonna try this yourself. In a spoonful, these authors describe using a hydraulic lift to reduce a posteriorly dislocated hip. Looks handy to have in your back pocket. And that's it. That's all the articles we have for this week. Let's do a quick wrap-up just to review. Then, from the second article, the IDSA actually does not recommend rapid flu testing. But this article seemed to show that it was associated with much less antibiotic prescribing. The effect is likely exaggerated, though, since this was an industry-funded study. Then from the third article, a robot-assisted way to reduce a hip, making use of hydraulic bed lifts. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where remember that the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a little bit of a spaced repetition. Now, if you feel like you're missing out, you got a little bit of FOMO, feel like you'd like to hear more podcasts, more articles, then come over and join us at the members' feed. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and then hopefully save lives one spoonful at a time. Thank you.